Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Welcome to today's show. Today is July 7th, 2020. Fifteen years ago today, my dad passed away in 2005. And I cannot believe it's been 15 years. And I know we hear those things a lot. We hear. I can't believe it's been 30 years. I mean, imagine us saying that. Well, I have a best friend that I had from Chicago from Chicago. When I was six years old, I met him. And we just goof around and say, my God, we've been friends for 52 years. And we are going to love people. And we are going to lose people. But I have today's show and a lot of this week based on how my dad lived. How do you help yourself help yourself? I watched him do it every single day. How to stay on the positive side of life. I never, ever, in my lifetime with my father and my mother, because they both shared this trait, heard them or saw them, ever, try to hurt another person, whether it was with words, insinuations, trying to one-up them, trying to hurt their feelings, trying to make them feel uneasy. I never, ever witnessed that. Even when they spoke to us, they did not speak to us in a language because they didn't do it to anybody else, but they also didn't do it to us. They were the same with us as they were in front of others. Except like the times we got in trouble in that, but usually those times others aren't around. But the combination of their energy, of their behavior, was always to strive. They always strive to do better than the day before, to be more efficient, to get things done, to make sure we got things done. And it wasn't easy because we did not get afforded that leeway of excuses. There were no excuses that could be good enough to not do something great. And great just meant that we would be happy. So yesterday, I did want to do a show just on being positive. Forget all the negative. We've got enough of that. But you can't balance that without positive. 
And the other positive spot in us is our souls. Our soul knows what we are capable of. Sometimes we try to show it by helping others because that's a concrete way of saying, hey, I'm doing well. Look, I'm able to help others. I'm able to make others feel better. And if you learn to help yourself, you end up in a situation where you can actually do more for others because you've done more for yourself. Easy to say. It's easy to say. But when you learn to work with yourself, it is a positive impact on that deep personal integrity that we all have and we tap into it. Because some of us feel like if we help ourselves in a weird way, we're going soft. We're myopic. We only think of ourselves. And because we were taught that, when we help ourselves and things are working, we feel weird. Because we're not used to being okay and everything working. We are more used to things not working and us trying to figure out how to get it to work. But once we get it to work, we're like, well, now what do I do? I'm happy. Well, now what do I do? This feels weird. I'm not used to doing what I want to do, or I'm not used to succeeding in the way I want to succeed. It's a daunting moment to get there. But then if you say to yourself, oh, wow, this is what it feels like when things are working. This is what it feels like when I listen to myself. This is what it feels like to be taken care of. Oh, my God, I was looking for that from other people. No wonder I didn't find it. I couldn't have recognized it because I just didn't know what that felt like. Care of ourselves in the weirdest way has been taught to us as a very foreign, faraway idea and thought. And when it slides in and comes home and you start to feel value, And then that voice comes in like, oh, who do you think you are doing things right? Ego. Oh, wow, that's not so great. Didn't you think it'd be better than that? Ego. Well, who do you think you are? Again, ego. Now what do you do now that everything's in play? And then we do something to kind of create an obstacle so that we can go back to the poor me or the that's not me, that's everybody else, another ego statement scenario. Then you can live that way. You can live a whole life that way and die that way. 
But wouldn't it be cool, cool, to not have to die that way? To not have to wait until you get there to say, oh, wow, I wish when I was at that fork in the road I went this way. Because when we get to a place where we can take care of our emotions, we talk about our feelings in a very concrete way. That's something I love to do. That's something I never really enjoyed. I tried to do it. I did it for others. But you know what? That wasn't my spot. You know where your spot is. I love to paint. I don't like to garden. Those are easy. I love to volunteer. Working for a nonprofit gives me a headache because I never feel like I have direction. But I love to help people, so let me find another way. You keep active. There's a part of you once you get ducks in a row inside. you start to feel like you have more energy and that that energy starts to create activity and that activity starts creating you eating well and drinking sensibly and keeping in touch with people and asking for help when you also need it, taking a break when you need it, doing something you are good at and enjoying that. Because as we are finding out in this time, mental health is huge. Think who you are is just the most help you could ever give yourself. Just that. If you want to think about how can I love myself, how can I grow, how can I do this, How can I start today? I don't have what I need. All you need is self-acceptance. And again, that sounds so simple to say, but we have not been taught that. We have been taught to be self-critical. We have been taught to look at what's missing in us not what we have going on that actually works and works well. We have been taught to put ourselves down even when somebody compliments us, that if we accept the compliment, we're somehow like just weirdly selfish. That if we feel good, we have to wait for the other shoe to drop because if that can't last, But when you accept yourself and someone compliments you, there's gratitude and there's thank you. Not, oh, no, no, you know, this just happened and you start taking it away one thing after the other. This is old. Wow, I didn't think this would work out. Thank you for noticing. Whatever it is that we we say to make ourselves less than, when all we needed to say was thank you. But we're so uncomfortable. Even when we want the compliment, even when, even somebody who's, you know, 
out searching for that compliment. Once it shows up at your door, you almost don't know how to take it. You're looking for feedback. It doesn't even have to be a compliment. You're looking for feedback. And you can't even handle good feedback. You can handle the critical stuff really good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I kind of thought that wasn't going to work. Oh, maybe I'll just scratch it. Oh, you're right. It is a pipe dream. We start answering. We go along with the people who are against us. And at times, we completely discount the people that are working with us, for us. A lot of times when somebody sends us an answer, gives us an answer, and they've taken the time to do so, and instead of hearing the answer, we just come back with another argument trying to stump the coach because we find out we don't want an answer. We wanted an argument. We wanted a banter. We wanted a debate because we knew that that debate and that banter would keep us in place. Well, that can't be right because if it's right, then I'm accountable. And if I'm accountable, then I have to say the truth. And if I have to tell myself the truth, then I have to take the long way home. I have to do things right. And we view doing things right almost as a consolation. In the weirdest of ways, that's why we are all not perfect, but we are pure. We all want to grow. We all want to hear ourselves. We all want to listen to ourselves. We all want to help ourselves. And when the rubber meets the road and we're right at that fork in the road, we're right there. And I hear people tell me what they've done once they got there. Oh, I did decide to have the affair. Oh, I did decide to buy the one that I didn't want. Because the one I wanted, it was going to cost me a little more money. But really what it cost them was the fact that they didn't get what they wanted. They settled. Because that's a mindset. Even if it cost you $20 more, in your brain, if you felt that was the best you can get, and you knew that you needed some of the features on it, but you were willing to get half of that and figured you'd get by with it, that is a direct reflection of what you're doing to your mind. Yeah, I could do the better decision, but it's much easier because at least over here I'll have fun. It'll fulfill my curiosity. It'll fulfill my desire. And before you know it, you're having an affair of some kind. Before you know it, you've compromised and you bought something that you have to fix. So when people come to me with the end result problem, everyone found out about the affair, this product didn't work with me, it's in the garage, I threw it out, I gave it away. It's because when we were at that fork in the road, we didn't have enough self-value because we don't have practice 
and how to help ourselves very easily, it's easier to make the statistical, cliche, common decisions. Accepting who we are, the uniqueness of who we are, learning to feel good about ourselves gives us new learning skills. And that newness spills over into every part of your life. Because that level of self-esteem gives us every coping mechanism we need when we hit a challenge. And we're all going to hit a challenge, whether we want to or not, whether we like it or not, they're going to show up and we would be unrealistic to believe that we will not be challenged from this day until we die. So how, how do we work well with ourselves? How do we create a decision-making process that allows us to catch ourselves when we are settling? And the first one, about your feelings to yourself. Your realist feelings, and I know that's not a word. Is realist a real? I guess it is. I'm a realist. I hear that. But in this context, your most true feelings. Yes, I've always wanted attention from this woman. Yes, I would like to be with her. Yes, she's willing to step out of her relationship to be with me. Not to break it off, but to step out. Should I do it? Well, what are my real feelings? My real feelings are that I'm happy she is paying attention to me. My real feelings are that that's something I would love to do and jump into. But my other real feelings are that she's willing to do that. What if I were her boyfriend, husband, partner, What is she really telling me about herself? And why would both of us, why would I accept such a dramatic situation in my life? Why would I? Do I need love that bad? So now you're identifying your feelings, that question, instead of just the answers that you think you want. Because then you can continue the conversation by saying, wow, this, this conversation is kind of troubling me. If, if someone came to me and talked to me about this, I would definitely tell them not to do that. Please don't do that. You're only going to hurt yourself and others. And this person may find another taker, but please don't let it be you. And then you say to yourself, wow, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to cross that line. Even though I'm available, that other person isn't available to me. Whether I want them to be available to me or not, they are not available to me. They are not mine in that sense. If that person were free, 
and available, I would consider being with them. But in this case, I don't think this is this is right. I know it's not right, but I don't think it's right for me either. I'm I'm going to have to pull back on this. Yeah, it's going to feel weird like I'm letting her down or that I feel weird. But you know what? It's it's too troubling. It's it's going to it's already troubling and nothing happened. At least this way I feel like I can help myself help myself. Because the long-term outcome of whatever it is I think I'm diving into it's going to be hard to come up for air. And you start to reap the rewards of the experiences you've had in life when you've taken that road that you knew was going to bring you trouble. I had a man come to me with this. And I said, don't you dare. Don't you dare add that level of commotion to your already hectic and dramatic life. Because you will only hurt yourself and you will hurt everybody else around you. And even though you felt wronged, instead of facing what you feel that's wronged, you're just creating another wrong to add to the pile because you feel entitled right now because you've been hurt. Address the hurt. Address the issue. Address the reasons why you want to do this rather than adding another person into this world of drama and dramatic thinking. So when we talk about our feelings to ourselves, say it out loud, record it, listen to it. Whatever you have to do to hear is well worth your time and investment in helping yourself help yourself. I know that it feels so tedious to do that. But the truth is you're already doing it. We already do it in our minds. Just because we're doing it to convince ourselves of something that we know isn't in our best interest. We're convincing ourselves. We're doing just as much talking as we ever would have. Talking about our feelings is taking charge, our well-being, and our mental health. Talking is a way to cope with what we're carrying around in our heads, just swirling, just listen. And you'll hear that you can support yourself, and you will feel less alone. even if it means talking to someone you trust. And then they hear you, and they tell you what you would have told them. And then you say, you know what, I knew, I know you're right. I knew that felt right. Because it's not always easy to describe our feelings and to talk about our true intent. But once we start talking, there's no way to hide it. You don't need to sit someone down for a big conversation. 
You just need to be able to sit with yourself conversation. And then you come out with questions like, wow, you know, I'm at the fork in the road with this. And I love that term because it tells people where you're at. I don't know what to do is different because that's like 50 answers. But I'm at the fork in the road, meaning you have two choices. You just don't know which way to go. The person say, well, what is the issue? Well, you know, I'm deciding whether or not I should, let's just keep going with the example of having an affair with someone. Because that comes up. It's a big problem in our world, more than I thought. But you're there. Cool to go to. Which side of the country you're going to be on. Or what it's like to feel in the pandemic and it's starting to take its toll on you. And what can you do in this time that just involves yourself and your family? And how can you grow? And or do you do that or do you go to the complaining route and just say, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this, I don't have that. I had someone who comes to me and every time I ask her how you are, it's like, I'm going to be okay. Pout, pout, pout. And I say, wait a minute. You're at this place where you've always wanted to be. You're not going to be okay. You are okay. Already, today. Why are you playing this game with yourself? Because it is a game and there is no game based on truth. Easy to describe our feelings when we know what we know. We just may not want to hear them. So it stays inside our head, and then ego has fair grounds because we're a little vulnerable. Our feelings feel awkward at first. Make talking about your feelings. And now I'm going to take it one step further before the end of the show. Talk to God about your feelings. Because I will tell you, it's not easy to hide from God. Not because God is so stern. That's definitely not why. But because it's hard to lie to God. You know that God can see everything. And you know that God knows everything. Where I keep saying, God I want what you want. Every single time I'm at that fork in the road, and it happens 10 times a day, where I'm like, okay, what should I do with this? Where should I go with this? And then I know what I think I want, and sometimes it's the fast track because of time and these million other things. And then I realize doing things right, right, I have to be more patient But even that sometimes makes me feel like, oh, that's going to take forever. I could just rush through it. But then when will I have time to do it again? If I don't have time now, especially at this COVID time. So I think about it and I I finally forget because I forget all the time to say, God, I want what you want. But then I remember once I hit that point of, gosh, what do I do now? And then I say, God, you know what? I just want what you want. 
And when I say that, and I've given up whatever fast track, whatever quick thinking, whatever compromise I may have been willing to, that all goes away. The entire ego ball blows off, goes away. It evaporates. Amazing, that phrase. God, I want what you want. I want what is best. You just take a deep breath and go on. You already know your answer. You already know it. You guys, I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.